Okay, the podcast is recording. Let's see if the video will record on this dilapidated computer of mine. Oh, it's recording. Alright. Hey, welcome aboard. Americana, the American way. I am Big John. And I really don't know what I'm going to talk about today. I want to talk a little bit about time when... You were allowed to be funny. You know, there's a big thing now with uh, cancel culture. I'm sure you've heard of it. Um, I watch a lot of YouTube videos, and that's where I get a lot of my news and research. And I know some people think that's silly. That's fine. I think watching legacy media is silly. Um... I worked at can you see that I worked at the Mountaineer Racetrack and Casino one day well about a week until I found I was too fat and I sucked at doing my job but uh, I was cleaning house the other day of course if you're on the podcast end you can't see what I'm doing but if you're on YouTube or Rumble they gave me this little dice with a hole drilled in it I guess they can only use the dice so many times and then they have to drill a hole in it and they give them their new hires as souvenirs. Um, But tragically, we lost a a great comic and uh, it was Norm MacDonald, Norm MacDonald. And you know, there's some people you don't realize how great they were, or how loved they were, or just flat out, dang, I shouldn't have picked that zit, or whatever it was, um, you don't realize their greatness until they're gone, I'm watching a documentary about Chris Farley, Anything for Laughs, and, um, the Steven Crowder show did a whole thing the other day on Norm MacDonald and Norm MacDonald, MacDonald, however you say it. And man, I, I of course it was only highlights, didn't show his jokes that bombed or nothing, but yeah, I didn't realize how, how big he was and how uh, funny he was. And the, the rumor was that he got fired from SNL for doing too many O.J. Simpson jokes at a time when the O.J. trial was going on. Uh, there was a lot of racial tension in the country over the O.J. trial. And Norm MacDonald just hammered away at it. But he hammered, he hammered away at a lot of people. And he did the same thing with Bill Clinton. When I take a break, I'll I'll talk about that too. But it just reminded me of how there was a time when you could be funny. And really, you know, stand-up comedy right now is the last kind of hope for that. Because uh, it's all in 
it, it's mostly in venues, tours, and stand-up comedians are making a killing right now. And that's kind of what the world needs, is that just little political incorrectness that that makes you laugh. Um, one of my favorite comics, and she just happens to be beautiful, is Nikki Glaser. Um, and she she talks a lot about sex, but she she has the comedic timing that she can talk about other things. Uh, I'm glad she's moved on from talking about how unattractive she is because she's breathtaking, and I I guess she's cleaned herself up and is no no longer an alcoholic like she was in her 20s. Um, she's obsessed with running now, she told Joe Rogan like a year ago on his podcast. But stand-up comedy is one of the last places where we can turn and just laugh. You know, it's, it's all on Netflix, so it can't really be censored. Though I don't watch Netflix because of um, they still have that movie Cuties Up. Which is heavily criticized. But before I get into the politics and the things of life that just, I don't know, nag the shit out of me, um, I'm gonna start out with a little Norm MacDonald ripping on OJ, and this is hilarious. Um, so find me on YouTube and Rumble. The channel names are Americana, The American Way. Uh, I am Big John. I'm on Twitter at the real underscore Big John. And I am on Parlor. <laughs> Can't think of all the stupid things I'm on. I'm on Parlor at the real Big John, all one word. And now. Let's listen to Norm MacDonald rip O.J. Simpson a new butthole. This probably will get banned on YouTube, but screw them. In his book, O.J. Simpson says that he would have taken a bullet or stood in front of a train for Nicole. Man, I'm going to tell you, that is some bad luck when the one guy who would have died for you kills you. That's probably... You don't get worse luck than that. And O.J. announced this week that he's coming out with a new book called I Want to Tell You. And if it's successful, O.J. will work on yet another book entitled From Football to Prison, My 25 Years of Showering with Other Men. And finally, in honor of the 50th anniversary of their first publication, Random House will be releasing special commemorative issues of many Dr. Seuss classics. The first to hit the bookshelves will be Green Eggs and Ham and O.J. is Guilty. <laughs> Judge Ito was interviewed this week by a local TV station in Los Angeles, asked by the interviewer if it was appropriate for a supposedly impartial judge to be on TV with his case still pending. Ito said... Maybe not, but how appropriate is it to kill your ex-wife? 
It was revealed today that O.J. Simpson told police that Nicole Brown Simpson used to beat him up. He also claimed that she and Ron Goldman killed him. O.J. Simpson's lawyers have decided to skip hearings on DNA evidence and go right to trial. Asked why they did this, the lawyers replied, We want to get O.J. acquitted as speedily as possible so he can get back to doing what he does best, killing people. Well, let's get to O.J. O.J. Simpson's lawyers say they don't want the families of Nicole Brown and Ronald Goldman in the courtroom during the trial. They're afraid the presence of the family members will just remind O.J. of how much more killing he still has to do. Well, O.J. Simpson's lawyers stopped feuding this week, finally. The Dream Team, F. Lee Bailey and Robert Shapiro, were able to put aside their differences and express their admiration for each other after O.J. threatened to cut their heads off. Stop there and come back to that. You know that OJ trial went on. Oh man, it seemed like a year. Uh, every day it was on. I mean, the full-on courtroom drama was on CNN every day, every minute of it, it seemed like, like I would come home from school and we'd be watching the OJ trial, and um, I remember the day the verdict came in, and I, I just, I felt he was guilty, I really felt like he was guilty, but yet I was rooting for him to get away with it, because he was, uh, a superstar, and I look back and realize how how immature and terrible it was for me to act and think that way. But it's like, okay, if you didn't live through it, let's uh, let me hit the high and low points of this. They they found his blood. And this was one of the first cases where DNA was on trial. And it was like some ridiculous chance, like more, like nine, 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 nine hundred ninety-nine million to one that this DNA came from someone other than O.J. Simpson. And, yeah, I remember the country was still on a racially divisive not nearly as bad as it is now but on a, a racially charged um, feeling of the police are out to arrest black people just because they're black uh, this is on the heels of the Rodney King Rodney King was just, you know, three years before this. Those of you that don't know can Google this stuff. I can't explain it all. We'll be here for 10 hours. But 
so OJ's blood was at the crime scene. He had a cut on his finger after... Or when they arrested him, pardon me. And it's presumed that the cut happened during the struggle with Nicole Brown and Ron Goldman. There was a bloody footprint that... Uh, a shoe imprint in the blood and there was a ton of blood at this crime scene Nicole was nearly decapitated with the uh, they call it a Colombian bow tie because they really uh, the Colombian mafia or drug lords whatever they are their trademark is to cut you from ear to ear that's, that's how Nicole Brown's throat was cut and it was anyways it was assumed that his uh, his hand got cut while he was uh, stabbing Nicole and Ron Goldman and it's assumed he had an accomplice but they could never prove that um, pardon me I went back to the bloody crime scene there are these expensive shoes. Uh, I don't know. They're like $1,000 a pair or something. Uh, that your average person could not afford. Called Bruno Molly. And there's a footprint at, in the blood at the crime scene. And they were able to match the tread of the the imprint in the blood to the tread of the shoe and it matched these Bruno Molly shoes which OJ owned multiple pairs of now they never found a shoe at his house with blood on it but Robert Kardashian who was his attorney for most of his life uh, and had to step back from this case the day after OJ returned from Chicago and all this shit's hitting the fan that Nicole's been murdered Robert Kardashian yes the father of those Kardashians took a, a bag out of OJ's house uh, and it looked like a clothing bag. And no one ever put Robert Kardashian on the witness stand and said what was in that bag. It, and it's that's not really a relevant question because there's no evidence that there were there were bloody clothing of OJ at in the bag. Uh, but that's what a lot of people assume. Um. But that's always been a, a mystery of the trial. What was in that clothing bag that Robert Kardashian carried out of there? Um, and OJ had, you know, the best lawyers in the country and maybe the world, I don't know, whatever. But it was a polarizing trial and it was the black 
hero versus the racist Los Angeles police. And they set one officer up to perjure himself. Uh, Mark Furman. I always think of Damon or Dana Carvey's joke. Mark DeFutter. Uh, they said, you know, Mark, have you ever used the N-word? And he said, no, I've never referred to black people in racial slurs like that. I play basketball with black people three or four times a week at my church basketball league or something like that. And F. Lee Bailey, I think it was, asking the questions said, are you sure you never used the N-word in the last 10 years? And to, and Furman's like, um, I don't think so. And F. Lee Bailey, you know, let me rephrase the question. Are you fairly certain you haven't used the N-word in the last 10 years? Well, they go back, they found recordings uh, on police tape where Furman is being interviewed and he's dropping the end bomb like uh, like a like a gangster rapper and that basically gave weight to the evidence the uh, that this was a racially motivated frame job of OJ and that kind of led me to this with more McDonald's jokes and some things that are going on in the media right now um, there have been uh, social media has helped solve uh, almost solve uh, a possible murder and bloggers and YouTubers are on top of this uh, this girl's case that Gabby Petito and her estranged or whatever you want to call him fiance. Brian Landry and there's this black lady talk show host who has a platform and she gave me a new racial slur against white people and I think this is disgusting but what they're doing is uh this woman's name Joy Behar no that's not her well whoever she is she said uh, miss she came up with this new racial slur missing white girl syndrome and that you know the media and the police put more effort into finding a missing pretty white girl than they do a black girl well this talk show host lady has a platform. She has a million Twitter followers. She could be the voice that helps search for 
and find or solve the murders of young black women if she wanted to be instead of just coming up with a new racial slur against white people. And this bothers me because I don't like this idea of us being you know, a white America and a black America or a white race and a black race. I, I like for everybody to be one race, one nation. You know, you're always going to have problems in the world. You know, there's a big thing, it's reared its ugly head, never, never stopped rearing its ugly head, really, about slavery in America. But you realize there's slavery in India that no one's talking about? That sweet iPhone that you might be watching this video or listening to this podcast on could well have been made by slaves, Uyghur Muslims in China, or people from Turkestan, or... Christians in China that the Chinese government has put have put into concentration camps and are then indoctrinated and if you're if you become a good little Chinese communist they'll move you out of the concentration camp and into a work concentration camp where you build cheap shit for Americans including our generic prescription drugs. That's lovely. But we're afraid to talk about things. We're afraid of getting canceled, getting banned, being shunned by society. And stand-up comics or people like Norm MacDonald uh, are the last ones that break that mold I mean Dave Chappelle talks about all kind of shit Uh, you know puts down white people but he puts down black people too you know uh, Nikki Glaser slut shames usually herself but you know she she talks openly about sex Uh, Joe Rogan makes fun of, you know, people that believe in conspiracies. And he's called a conspiracy theorist because he uh, was diagnosed with the COVID after he's been, you know, speaking out against the vaccines and the mask mandates and the lockdowns. And he encourages people to just be healthier Take your supplements. Uh, be not be obese like me. Uh, things like that, and then people wish death on him because he's outspoken over vaccines. Because he says that the science is not there, and now we're finding out that this vaccine is not perfect and they and Dr. Falsy wants us all to get booster shots and take a Pfizer pill well then 
the vaccine's not that good. The pill's not that good, evidently, if you have to take it constantly. I've got my vaccines. In fact, I was cleaning up today, and found my little vaccine card. I covered up because I don't know if there's, you know, there's some personal information on there. Uh, but I went, I, la, 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 la. when I got my first vaccine shot, the lady handed it to me, filled it out, whatever. Uh, but when I went back to get my second one, I forgot to take the card with me. And now, like, when I go to get my medicine at the doctor tomorrow, I'm thinking, man, do I need to take this card with me and get the re- get it filled in that I got my second shot? Because this may be this may become my passport this government of the united states of america may start demanding that i have this this card with me i'm going to talk some more about the covid and the spread and such and so forth and dr falsy here in a minute let's hear some more norm macdonald now I'm going to pronounce it that way the rest of my life. Norm MacDonald. Ripping on OJ. Because this is funny shit. According to the National Transportation Safety Board, sleepy truckers are responsible for 1,000 deaths a year. In second place... O.J. Simpson at two deaths a year. (laughs) It was revealed this week that defense lawyer Johnny Cochran once abused his first wife. In his defense, Cochran said, Hey, at least I didn't kill her like some people I know. Tomorrow, Judge Lance Ito will take O.J. and the jury on a tour of the now-famous crime scene. For the jury, it will be their first look at the actual location. Of course, for O.J., it will be just a case of, been there, done that. (laughs) Judge Lance Ito was happy with the jurors' field trip to the crime scene last week. It went off without a hitch, said Ito. Not one murder. (laughs) O.J.'s pal Al Cowlings now has a 1-900 number. For $2.99 a minute, Cowlings will tell callers that O.J. is innocent. And for $3.99 a minute, he'll try to do it without laughing. (laughs) And this week, Simpson defense lawyers questioned witnesses about a half-melted container of ice cream found at the murder site. The Simpson defense has seized upon the ice cream for two reasons. One, it may help fix the time of the murders. And two, it was the only thing in the murder scene without any of O.J.'s blood on it. (laughs) The audience kind of groaned at that one, Norm. So, there was Norm MacDonald in all his glory. Uh, He uh, died a couple days ago uh, after... A long. Here we see the- after a long battle with cancer, 
and he didn't even tell his friends and close and family that he had cancer. I mean, I'm sure his closest relatives. I mean, it kind of can be obvious somebody has cancer, but he kept it a secret and he kept living his life. And uh, he was the first person to be banned from the view. And the thing that got him banned was dissing Bill Clinton. Uh, over it was like. 2000 or not late 90s it was early on in the the view and uh he said something about you know well this pre at least this president's not a murderer like that last guy and the girls on the view were like oh, oh what and norm the more upset they got the calmer norm stayed and he just kept talking about what I thought it was common knowledge that Bill Clinton murdered a guy. And this is before the whole Clinton, uh, uh, Clinton body count thing started. It was after the alleged suicide of Vince Foster. And, uh, so it was a cutting edge time and it was, you know, Norm was kicked, was never invited back to the view after that. If you have a time, you YouTube search it. Norm McDonald, the view. I've heard it's hard to find because uh, the people that run the view have a lot of pull, and uh, they kind of keep it buried because they're just freaking out. And Barbara Walters, who was uh, who started The View uh, she was still a mainstay on there and she scolded him over that and even after her scolding and telling him this is not a place for you to come and talk about you know uh, rumors and f political what do they call that conspiracy theories that have no weight and he just kept going and stayed so calm. And that was the, the funniest thing about Norm was he had that just slow, dry sense of humor and could keep a straight face while saying the most ridiculous things or just kind of grin at how he was getting under your skin. But remain, he remained calm while the host or whoever he was talking to was like, oh, you can't say that. Oh, my God. Oh, that was the slowest build-up to a joke ever. Uh, and there are some good clips from him and the Conan O'Brien show. But this, this just reminded me of a time when we were allowed to be funny. And, you know, not everyone had a, a rod up their ass about what you can say and what you can't like what I can't say right now we're supposed to be at the worst peak of the coronavirus that you could be at and yet we have 
college football, professional football, taking place in packed stadiums, jam-packed stadiums, uh, and at college football games, they're chanting F.U. Biden or F. Joe Biden, which is funny in itself. But the, Dr. Falsey said that these would be super spreader events. And in some states and places where they've had packed houses like Texas A&M, the, new, the number of new COVID cases reported has gone down. And, you know, because these bureaucrats like Dr. Falsey are now legislators and rule makers, lawmakers, we have kids being excluded from school in high schools and junior highs and elementary schools in Ohio because the health department says if they're not wearing a mask and they come within six feet of someone who's been diagnosed with the COVID, they have to stay out of school for so many days. The kids that are being excluded, that's the term that the, the bureaucrats at the health department, the doctors, the scientists, whatever you want to call them, the term they've come up with is excluded. I think that's worse than saying quarantined, but it, nonetheless, these kids have to be excluded from school until the health department decides they can go back. The kids that are being excluded have not tested positive. Some may have, but they're not being excluded because they're COVID positive, which was the original quarantine uh, dirt uh, red check mark, I guess you could call it. Originally, if you were being quarantined or excluded, it was because you were diagnosed. Now you're being excluded because you were within six feet of someone who was COVID positive and you were not <coughs> and you were not wearing a mask. That makes no sense to me. Now they say if you wear a mask, then you have you can be within three feet. The parameter around the person who's COVID positive is three feet. The people that are within three feet of them can have to be excluded. But if you're three feet and one inch away from somebody and you're wearing a mask, now you're safe. Can you show me science that proves that with a mask on, your breath, your snot, your germs can only travel three feet and not three feet one inch? Can you show me the science that says your breath, your air travels six feet in all directions if you're not wearing a mask but if you are wearing a mask it only travels three feet 
where did they come up with these rules and they're telling us trust the science that sounds like a bunch of people sitting in a room going well uh what what distance you know what do we have to exclude everybody that uh is in the same school as a person who's COVID positive? Oh, no, no, just in the classroom. Oh, no, that's that, that won't work. Uh, how about, well, if they're within six feet, six feet. There we go, six feet. Six feet is now social distance, which I wish it were social distance 24-7, 365, COVID or not. I hate standing in line at a store and there's some goon... On standing on top of me, up my butt, as we say. But six feet somehow became the official distance because Dr. Falsy said so. But if you're wearing them now, the scientists, at least here in Ohio, have said, well, if you have a mask on, then it can be three feet. What? What? So germs can't penetrate a mask three feet and one inch away from somebody. Four, we'll be, I'll be kind. I'll say four feet away. If you're four feet away from the person who's diagnosed with COVID and you're wearing a mask, those germs can't penetrate your mask when you inhale the toxic air that is spread out like a mushroom cloud of an atomic bomb. Come on. But this is this is the science we're supposed to trust. And I wear my mask when I'm at work because uh, my job requires, well, one of my jobs, two, one or two of my jobs require it. I have like... Three, four, five. <laughs> I'm a busy guy. Uh, but look, I mask up when I have to. I masked up when it was mandated last year. I got my vaccine because my doctor guilt-tripped me into it. He's a nice guy. But I got my vaccine. But that's my body, my choice. Now they're talking about demanding vaccines and uh, follow-up vaccinations for everybody. Why do we have to get a booster? Now, this was Donald Trump's vaccine. He cut the bureaucratic red tape to get it out into production. You know. And now the FDA has just given full-fledged approval to the vaccine that we're seeing doesn't work. People are still getting sick people that are vaccinated are still getting sick. People that are vaccinated are still dying. And a lot of those people have comorbidities or pre-existing conditions, other underlying illnesses, whatever, whatever. 
but tens of thousands or a hundred thousand. Last week at Ohio State's home football game, there were 100,000 people in attendance. That means that the state of Ohio should have seen a very large spike in the number of COVID cases this week or they had a few games before that where there were hundreds of thousands of people in attendance. They should have seen, we should have seen a big spike after that in Ohio, right? If all this no mask and vaccine stuff is true, and we didn't see that. So where do we trust the science? Were the lockdowns worth it? How many suicides did we have because people were locked in their houses? What we have really from what I understand and what I hear and what I read, and I'm reading the same research that the scientists are using, that they're writing and that they're reading. And what they're saying is natural immunity is a lot better than the vaccine. Well, Dr. Falsey says, well, we don't know how long natural immunity lasts. We don't know that. Well, we know how long the immunity from the vaccine lasts. You're telling us it lasts six to eight months, and then we have to get a booster, and then we might have to take a Pfizer pill, and it's a disease (coughs) that has less than a 1% death rate. Now, they they blast this number out, 600,000 and some odd deaths. But that's still like less than 1%. And if you take out the people that were hit by buses, died of a heart attack, and other people that had, uh, that died of other reasons, but had COVID in their system, when they died so they were counted as a COVID death so the hospital could get more money from the government the number is probably a lot lower than that fraction of a percent that it is I think the survival rate is like 99.7% or something crazy We're treating this like it's the bubonic plague and we're all going to die. Unbelievable. Unbelievable. Yeah. Remember that song from the 90s? Let's listen to Norm MacDonald rip on President Bill Clinton so that y'all don't say Norm MacDonald and I are racist. The president and the first bitch. Slow down, you bitch. Let me catch up. Here we see President Clinton looking for something, anything to hug besides his wife. 
This week in South Africa, Winnie Mandela was removed from the new government by her husband, President Nelson Mandela. A curious Bill Clinton later called Mr. Mandela to find out how exactly you go about doing something like that. Gosh, Hillary looks pretty in this photo here, doesn't she? I never realized she was such a looker until I see her here in this, this picture. A frightening moment this week for First Lady Hillary Clinton. Her plane, en route to the former Soviet Union, was forced to make an emergency landing when it was discovered that a frayed wire in the engine was causing serious malfunctions. The president was said to be furious and demanded an immediate investigation of what went wrong with Operation Frayed Wire. <laughs> First Lady Hillary Clinton has been out of the country this week visiting the remote region of Siberia. Said the president, quote, when the cat's away, the mice... Oh, who am I kidding? The mouse screws plenty of women even when the cat's were here. <laughs> At the White House this week, President Clinton officially came out against same-sex marriages. What's more, the president said he is not too crazy about opposite-sex marriages either. <laughs> Astronaut Shannon Lucid, back on Earth after a record six months in space, was welcomed home Tuesday with a phone call from President Clinton. Said the president, quote, this is just the beginning. One day we'll be able to send an American into space indefinitely, and I hope it's a woman. <laughs> after he said that, a picture of Hillary popped up on the screen. So that's just... Harken back to times when you didn't have to be politically correct. Now, it's it's rumored that Norm was fired for the constant OJ jokes uh, from Saturday Night Live. So maybe he was the first victim of cancel culture. All those jokes that he was, and there were a lot more after that. But he was doing the weekend news, the weekend update on Saturday Night Live. And they told him to stay away from OJ jokes. That, you know, that just, we don't want that. We don't want to stir controversy. So now there's all kinds of profane, vulgar immorality. I don't even watch Saturday Night Live because it's so stupid. Uh, I mean, after Farley and Sandler left, there it was wasn't any good, and frankly, it wasn't that great then. I mean, they had some good sketches, but they had some real bombs too. But uh, the Weekend Update was always funny to me because that's I like political satire and news satire, and that's what it was. But really, I mean, it's so hard to just live. I mean, I've got so many strikes and so many uh, times I've been censored on Facebook. Like, the other night, the, the Cleveland Browns kicker was having a terrible game. And I 
put on Facebook uh, Cleveland Browns in search of new field goal kicker or something like that. And Facebook turned it into, I didn't do it. There, I don't know, maybe I was using it wrong, but it got turned into a job search. And then Facebook put put a notice up that this is not a legitimate job search. You have to take this post down. I get censored on Facebook for calling white trash crackers. (laughs) You know, it's like you can't be funny anymore. You know, and everybody wants to cancel you and shut you down for disagreeing with what the government and what certain media outlets like CNN and PMS, NBC, what they say is the norm. And I just don't think that's right in this country. And I think everybody just needs to take the rod out of their ass and grow up. I'm a very sarcastic, dry sense of humor kind of guy. And... When I was growing up, and to this day, I consider sarcasm a form of humor. And I, I was hanging out with this lady, no, not, she wasn't a lady, a woman who was 28 years old. So she was in the millennial generation. And she was just so offended and hurt by my sarcasm. I, uh, she had big ass feet. Beer there, she stole a big pair of shoes from somebody. Gosh knows she stole from me. But I was wearing her Air Jordans because they fit me. I wear an 11 and a half or 12 and they were size 12s. And she was like, I can't believe you're still wearing my shoes. I want those back. I'm like, alright, yeah, I'll give them back after I you know, jump in some mud puddles and get them dirty. And she's she got so mad at me for being sarcastic. She's like, those shoes mean a lot to me. And you're being sarcastic about it. I'm like, sarcasm's a form of humor. It's not... It's not mean. It's not meant to be mean. It's meant to be funny in a dry way. But that's... The, the way the country's gone and it's not American to tell people you can't question the alleged science even though the science the head scientist Dr. Falsi told us <coughs> when the COVID started oh, don't wear a mask people shouldn't be walking around in public with masks on Really, Dr. Falsy? Then what was it a couple months later? Okay, two weeks to, to slow the spread didn't help. We got to keep your you unemployed and ruin your business. 
Uh, and everyone's got to wear a mask now till further notice. There were cities putting fines in place if you weren't wearing a mask when they allowed, when the government allowed, which is unconstitutional and un-American, when the government allowed the economy to reopen and businesses to open back up, if you let customers come in without a mask, your business could be shut down for 24 hours. If somebody snitched or if a health department employee was out doing uh, inspections, I guess you would call them, and found someone in your store who wasn't wearing a mask and like uh, Walmart and uh, Giant Eagle, that's the grocery store chain around where I live. They had some of these like, you know, teenage kids at the door reminding everybody to wear their mask. And most people complied with the mask mandates. Uh, but even now, I walked into Walmart the other day and the greeter at the door said, Walmart recommends you wear a mask and everybody was just walking by this poor woman and I put my head down because I felt kind of bad for because I walked by without my mask on you know because unless you're wearing an N95 or KN95 the science shows that it really doesn't help it helps you from getting you know, if I were coughing and snotting on people, yeah, it would hold in my snot. Uh, my cough still goes through the mask, so I don't, you know, see how that's stopping my germs from flying six feet in every direction. They can only go six feet. So as long as you were six feet away from me just now when I coughed a, a few minutes ago, you're okay. I hope your phone or computer or whatever was six feet away from you. But we're just so, so conscious of offending everybody. I gave a, a lady a, a ride uh, and I, I told her, you know, hey, you don't have to wear that mask if you don't want to. And it was a while ago when Ohio first dropped its mask mandates. And I said, hey, you know, it's not mandated anymore. You're okay. And she said, oh, no, it's the polite thing to do. And if that's how you feel about it, that's fine. That's your choice. But it's your choice. You shouldn't choose for me. I shouldn't choose for you, whether it's a vaccine or a sarcasm or a mask or the God you worship or the, the politics you support. We should all have the right as human beings to say, think, and do what we want and make our own decisions. 
not be called racist because we're following a news story about a white girl that was murdered, possibly, not because, not be shunned by society and have death wished upon you because you speak out and say, well, I don't trust vaccines. I trust my personal physician and I to make the decisions for me. Like Joe Rogan, who had liberals wishing death on him because he caught the COVID after he refused to get vaccinated, but lives a healthy lifestyle. And then he went to his doctor. He had a plan ahead of time with his doctor and said, all right, we're going to throw every medicine that you've read that can counteract this virus in my body. And the next day, he was feeling better. He had COVID for one day, and he had like three or four negative tests starting a couple days later and every day after that. Steven Crowder, who just had major chest surgery, his whole family has COVID and has to quarantine. He has a sinus infection and he is sicker than all of them, but he's taken a COVID test every day and tested negative for it. He's the sickest person in his family with a sinus infection. Everyone else in his family feels fine. But they're telling us COVID is going to be the death of us all. No, I think political correctness is going to be the death of us all. Among many other things. I didn't even get to cover half the stuff I wanted to in this conversation, but... It was late at night, and I can't sleep, and so I thought I'd catch up on a podcast and just kind of talk about the things that are going on and, you know, the political correctness and the cancel culture that's evolved and is also now become science You're killing your neighbor, you're killing your fellow human, and you have to be shunned by society if you don't follow the rules of these government bureaucrats that are called scientists. So, hey, God bless y'all. Pray for each other. Pray for America. And uh, we'll see y'all next time on Americana the American Way. This is Big John signing out. Nanu, nanu.